Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. I mean, give me a break. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, so he's athletic. He's hard to cover. Uh, they got some really skilled wide receivers, and I, I get that they're finding the answer at quarterback. But you know, they're going, they're up against Iowa going into the fourth quarter. They're kicking Rutgers, but uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter, so um, we got to do our part. I mean, we're going, we're going, we're going to prepare to see their very best, you know, and and uh, uh, but it comes down to us living up to our standard. You know, what I mean, making sure we know what we're doing, knowing how to do it, and then having again the right attitude about this game. You know, coach said something awesome. He's talking about being in this position for the first time, where November matters. You know, I mean, for for these guys, November November matters. So now, again, this is a uh, another learning experience for this group, right? So. Um, um, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me, and we are about to be joined by Brian Christopherson on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Warhorse Sportsbook is the best place in Nebraska to place your sports bets. You can go to the casino in Lincoln or now that to you can. Horseman's Park in Omaha. That's right. You can place your sports bets in Omaha at Horseman's Park, 6303 Q Street. Uh, go check that out. Or the Warhorse Sportsbook Casino in Lincoln. They've got straight bets, parlays, props, live in-game bets, whatever you're looking for in terms of your sports betting needs. Go to warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or get the Warhorse Casino app for details and the full list of house rules. Joining us now on that Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. BC, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, my 49ers traded for uh, an impact defensive end. I'm excited about it. How? I mean, are you? A, so I know you're a Twins fan. Are you a Vikings fan as well? Uh, yes. Yeah, sadly, I guess. <laughs> uh, we, uh, you know, but the Vikings are an interesting team to root for. I shouldn't say sadly. Uh, they, they, they're pretty good club usually i mean we're, we're a team that's in the hunt we uh generally are ra- we uh we 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 are generally <laughs> around the a playoffs or you know in it and so uh they entertain me uh they usually disappoint in the end but yeah josh dobbs was a i thought about as good a pickup as they could do under their circumstances and it's open to maybe get that six or seven seed in the nfc so we'll see that's that's probably the ceiling for the vikings this year now Josh Dobbs. I heard Jameis Winston's name circling. I mean, we brought up Trey Lance's Shafe name. Shafe wanted Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt McCoy was <laughs> Shafe. Like, are, are we sure Josh Dobbs was, like, like the best available option for the price? Like, that's kind of where I'm like, eh, I don't know, Vikings. 
Well, Josh Dobbs um, like worked for NASA or interned at NASA, so he's like a he's a rocket scientist. So when someone actually says, um, you know, well, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this, you'd be like, oh well, I could anyway. Um, so <laughs> he, hopefully, he can hopefully pick up things very fast. And uh, he was actually playing pretty well for the Cardinals. I was I kind of went through. I didn't. I was. It's not like I was following the Cardinals very closely this year, but uh, he he was a problem for the Dallas Cowboys in Week Three. And I went through and I studied it. And I by the end of my ten minute YouTube clip, you've probably done this with <laughs> athletes that your teams have acquired before. You like talked yourself into it. So uh, I right now I'm fully on board with Josh Dobbs. You love to see it, um, Brian. Let's hop into Nebraska. Um, some interesting stuff uh, I thought from the coordinators yesterday. Um, you know, we, we were kind of talking about this this high five thing uh, with uh, Andrew and I were earlier. I guess not to ask whether or not you like it or don't like it, but I guess when's the last time it seemed like Nebraska was having fun playing football? Yeah, that, that that's a good point, uh, Robbie. I mean, it, it's one of those deals where there there was a joyous moment in Memorial Stadium that was spontaneous, and so I'm glad that we didn't have a cranky ref who came on the scene and uh, threw a flag there. Tony White's point was well taken, um, and I actually thought about it in the moment. I know I've seen that called in college games where the, someone will high-step it at the five and they'll move it back to the 20-yard line, and it seems like a, a real... Uh, Killjoy makes that call, but it is in the rule book. And so it was a good teach tape for the coaches. Um, the best case scenario happened. A fun moment happened. Nebraska got away with the fun moment. <laughs> and uh, we got to write about it and talk about it for a day or two. And then on you know Monday or Tuesday, you're like, oh, you know, by the way, that could have been a penalty. And so everybody's <laughs> like, oh, really? Okay. And so then you're allowed to uh, learn from it and hopefully not do it again, even though I think you should be allowed to do it personally. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so uh, I, I get on an official lot. Like, why are we reviewing this and that? But in that moment, in that particular call, good on that crew for, uh, for either turning a blind eye or perhaps they actually just didn't see it. And so uh, <laughs> they got away with it. I don't know. You never know. BC, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, obviously, uh, that was a special teams play, but the two that made the play are two keys to this defense. What do you think was the best thing Nebraska took away from Purdue defensively that could not only be a carryover, but also considered a staple of this defensive group moving forward? Uh, the best thing, like the Blackshirts did, um, yeah. I I thought they made uh, Hudson Card uncomfortable the entire game. If you watch his feet, he mm-hmm. never settled into a rhythm, and a big part of it was Nebraska's defensive front, the backers, that the first two levels were just uh, creating enough mischief for him that they never were on time, it didn't seem like. And so um, ended up working out pretty well because of that. So... Um, I would say that, you know, they were, they, they it wasn't like uh, all showed up in the stats sacks wise and stuff like that, but they caused enough chaos that, um, you know, when you make a quarterback like a jitty, um, he's going to end up throwing a couple picks, which he did. So if, if they can do that going forward, uh, they can have a lot of success in November. Uh, BC, speaking of the defense, I, I was really impressed with, 
um, Isaac Gifford again on Saturday. I know that, you know, like Tommy Hill had the interception, so he got a lot of the headlines. Um, you know, Quentin Newsom had the special teams touchdown, so he got obviously Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. But um, it, it seems like, you know, and maybe I'm misremembering, but it seems like maybe there was a little bit of a hiccup early in the season with Gifford. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the Colorado game. Since then, he's been really, really good, especially the last few games as this defense has, has tightened it up. What have you thought about his play uh, over the last few weeks? Yeah, I think he should. Oh, did we lose nope. him? Be an all-conference all type. Am I there? Yep. Hey, yep. I, I got you now. Yeah, it, it sounded like you bounced on us there. Uh, restart that answer for us, BC. Shane, should we reconnect with him? Yeah, let's go yeah, ahead. Yeah, let's reconnect with BC. Okay, we can do that. We're yeah. having a little bit of internet issues here. I noticed that a little bit early on. Um, yeah. Like, if you watched the stream, those watching on YouTube, you could see that his voice was uh, a little bit before his lips. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit yeah. of uh, buffering issues there. Maybe we can reconnect, but I want to get that answer. Um because Gifford, even us, yeah. I, you know, we kind of struggle with internet over here too, so it may not even be just. BC. No, it's, it's probably on us if I if I had to guess. Um, no, it's it's been that's been one of the things that I you know really took away from from the last few games is just the. It seems like Gifford's taken his play to another level, um, and I'm interested to see BC's thoughts on it because you know not just him, and sorry yeah. to just no, jump okay. in here, but like Prince Will Umami Ellen has taken his game to a new level. And now it's a little different because you're talking about a true freshman here. Yeah. But uh, it, it almost seems like it, it, the, the way that one person plays is contagious on another person. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Because you see that a lot. Uh, honestly, so you see it a lot more in, in basketball where somebody will start playing with confidence. You see it a lot with passing, right? If you've got a couple really good and really willing passers on your team, a lot, like the passing becomes contagious and people start uh, sharing the rock a little bit more and things like that. You even see it sometimes with shooting if, if somebody's shooting the ball really well. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think some of the defensive play has been contagious. We've got uh, BC joining us on the phone line now, the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. BC, you there with us? I am. Sorry about that, guys. My uh, my internet's been a little choppy. The the goblins must have been chewing on the wires last night. <laughs> That's all right. Could be our I thing say, too. It, it very well could be our internet too. So we appreciate you joining us on the phone here. Uh, so I was asking about Isaac Gifford, and, and you were kind of saying you think he should be an All Big Ten selection. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know I don't know if it's like first team All Big Ten or whatever, but he should be on the list somewhere um, on those teams because he means so much to a defense that is one of the better defenses in the league. If you said, you know, who don't you want to take away, my first answer would probably be Nash Hutmaker. Um, and then there would be a good conversation because I think Ty Robertson, Ty Robinson is sometimes undervalued by fans and what he uh, does for this team. Mm -hmm. But Isaac Gifford would be um, – either two or three on that list. And, yeah, if you look at how he played on Saturday, it was sensational. I mean, it was ten tackles, two TFLs. He had a pass breakup. He's just so in control of what he's supposed to do right now at that rover spot, and he can be in so many different spots in this defensive scheme. It's, uh, I mean, it's a little bit Doman-esque, 
Dillman and JoJo in 21 had sort of figured out that position, and uh, you just felt like fun things were going to happen, and he was always going to be active on the stat sheet. And I think we've sort of reached that level now with Isaac Gifford, and that's a very fun spot to be in. BC, you mentioned uh, kind of getting familiar and comfortable with that rover spot. How much of his play the last few weeks especially do you think is just him really finding a comfort level with Tony White's defense and his role in it? Yeah, I think that's a big part for a lot of guys. I think even early on you saw that they were really enjoying the concepts of the defense and they were, uh, you know, in the middle of, of the uh the semester plan basically on learning it you know they were they, they were pretty good but there was still some stuff they had to, to compute to their memories and um you know then play out a few times before it looked as good as it has lately and now i think we're you know they're they're doing higher level stuff i'm sure they um the more you understand and the more you have confidence because hey i've done this before in a game setting i can do it again um, it just all of a sudden opens up uh, opens up the even more opportunities probably to be more creative. So I, I think there's a lot of things at play, and it's also the guys playing around them. You know, I go back to Nash and Ty Robinson. You know, we, we will write down the PFF grades on our website every week because people ask about them. But I, sometimes I'll see, like, Nash or Ty get, like, the eighth or ninth best grade on the defense. I'm like, give me a break these are the guys who whatever they're doing is setting up everybody around them um to have fun so um you know i I think there's a it's it's guys playing off the guy next to him and what he's doing well and then they're all finding their their niche within the defense that they can excel at bc rotating guys on defense is working flawlessly and it seems like a great thing in terms of reps for now and the future but is that sustainable for long-term success in your mind in terms of chemistry building and getting comfortable with the same 11 guys on the field yeah I think it I think you can do it Andrew because um I mean they're proven you can do it this year I mean every d every year is going to be its own animal of course because some people are going to leave you know this year some guys are going to decide I've been in college five years or whatever. It's time for me to take my shot at the NFL. You have a few guys who are just seniors anyway, like Quinton and uh, and Reimer and, and some guys like that, so that they'll be gone. Um, but I, I think this staff, Tony White in particular, thinks it's very effective to play You know, 20 guys or upwards, not only because um, it keeps a lot of players engaged in your program. I mean, think about if you're like Mekhi Bayer. Every week he goes in, and maybe the game plan's a little differently where he plays 15 snaps that game, but he's going to give his all for those 15 snaps. But then the next week he knows it might be 42 snaps if it's a certain uh, team they're going against that fits his skill set well. And so I think the guys have really adapted well to that, and they also understand it's keeping players fresh. That was something Tony White noted yesterday, you know, going into November. Uh, he feels like Reimer and Blaze Gunnerson and guys who have dealt with injury problems in the past and, and not made it through entire seasons, you know, they, they're feeling pretty good right now as they head to the final month. So you're really hoping that the payoff uh, comes in these four games we're about to see where you've got a defense that's still kind of flying around while maybe other teams are uh, laboring a little bit, but we'll see. 
BC, a guy that I wanted to talk about, you know, that Tony White brought up as well was Prince Will on that play in the flat that I think everybody was amazed by in and of itself live. He pointed out how much better that play was than any of us even realized in Prince Will dropping off to take away the slant initially and then getting out to cover and hit, get a tackle for loss in the flat on the check down receiver. Uh, just what have you thought about Prince Will as he, I mean, he's kind of started to emerge. I was a Cam Lenhart guy early. I like Prince Will as well, but it seems like Prince Will's really taken some steps um, over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is my biggest excitement about the Husker program now, and it's not that I don't think they can get it going on offense and figure out pieces. We ju- it's just much more of an unknown over there, right, about how guys are going to develop, and they haven't quite shown enough plays where you're, like, sure about what it's going to look like in a year or two. I- I'm getting to the defense, I promise. But, like, last <laughs> night when, <laughs> last night when uh, Satterfield on the radio talked about the receivers, the young receivers, he mentioned, like, in a year people are going to look up and say, hey, these guys are really good. And I think that entirely could be true. But – we haven't quite seen enough from that side as like the, the defense where you're right. Like when you bring up Prince will and you bring up cam and then you even think about like a Riley van Poppel who has popped in. I mean, maybe he hasn't made as many plays as the other guys, but he's made more than a lot of uh, true freshman guys I've covered have, you know, where it's like, Oh, there he is. Look at that freshman, you know, with a TFL sort of deal. So they've got already three guys there. And then they're really excited about like, three or four more guys that we haven't even seen including like Brody Tagaloa who hopefully comes back from his uh, setback with the car accident um, next year because they loved him Um, that's that's exciting that group you know that most of them are going to be back and yes they are going to lose a couple pieces on that defense uh, but they're not going to have to overhaul things next year it's going to be a group with a lot of guys who have been around for a year have heard what the uh, what they're charted to do um, at their different positions. And there's versatility, and Prince Will showed it on that play, and he showed it by the fact you can line him up as a traditional D lineman, or you can make him like a jack linebacker, or heck, he was playing like middle linebacker for some reps and practices in the spring. So he's that type of guy who can just bounce around all over the place. BC, you mentioned Satterfield on the radio yesterday. I think Tony White mentioned something similar. When looking at this matchup against Michigan State, they said when you watch clips of the Spartans, sometimes it's hard to think that they aren't 6-2 and two right now. I can think of a handful of reasons <laughs> why they're not 6-2 and two right now. But in your mind, you believe Michigan State is better than their record says? Um, yes, a little bit. Not 6-2. and two but a win or two better. And also, um, I don't think there's hardly any difference in this league between Team 4, and like if you rank them 1 through 14, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Team, like who's your Team 4 right now? I mean, it might be, you could argue it's like, it's either one of the West teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, or I mean, heck, Nebraska could be considered at this point. Rutgers is 6-2. and two. Right. So somebody like that is 4. And then 13, 14, um, you know, Indiana's obviously probably 14, but at 13, Michigan State. And I could say between 4 and 13, and, um, you know, even Indiana was uh, putting some stress on someone like this last week. 
I think any of those games can be a touchdown game on any given week. So you put them in a blender. I think that the margin for error is so small right now in the uh, upper perceived upper middle half of this league and the teams we would rank at the bottom that I don't think you can go into any week and think like you've got like more than a, a six point advantage. And if you turn the ball over one more time than the other side, which Nebraska has been wont to do um, this season, it could be a problem. So I think they're wise to look at it that way. We all know that Nebraska with the offense as it is right now um, and the laying the ball on the ground as much as it has until that stops, um, anything could happen against anybody uh, especially in a road game like this. You also wonder, uh, Michigan State has lost six in a row, and some people have the mindset where they look at that and they're like, well, uh, they're done. They're they're in the tank. And maybe they are. Maybe maybe they're just ready to get to whatever the offseason offers and the portal and who's the new head coach and all that stuff. It's also possible they have one last stand in them. Um, you know, and there's going to be a game. A team like that usually has a game in November where they play a prideful 60 minutes and they win, and everybody's like, oh, they won. I didn't think they would have one left in them, and it almost always happens. So Nebraska just has to try it, really be focused to not be the team that happens to uh, because he is right. They, they, they were ahead of Iowa in the fourth quarter, and really Iowa's special teams pulled the horseshoe out of their backside once again in that game and then uh Rutgers they're up three touchdowns on before the fourth quarter and then they just had a special teams implosion so uh, they do have stuff on tape where you watch them for doses and you're like oh that looks pretty good that d-line they look salty and they've got guys who can beat you so that it's it's a it's a worrisome game the the spread to me is right on being like two or three points that's how I kind of view it uh, BC, how much do you consider going on the road after Nebraska's gotten a nice little home stretch in here with the bye week and everything? How much are you considering going on the road and having that be part of the challenge against Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's good, though, because they, they did get that nice little run in Memorial Stadium, and I love what's happening here in Lincoln because I've written written and talked about this a lot like they've got to get back to owning their backyard first and foremost and they're four and one at home now you know and and if you could make that like six and one at home um you know and become that type of team where yearly you expect to do that Mm -hmm. you're always going to a bowl game and um you know you're you're probably going to win eight or nine games but now the next step is you've had success people are kind of patting you on the back especially the defense um, can you be the type of team that really doesn't pay much attention to it, has a few more eyes on it, it as far as the standings go, and says, we're just going to go play, you know, kind of like our coaches are trying to get us to next play and, and not pay attention to all the other stuff. And so I think it's actually good for this team right now in this moment to get away from Lincoln, see if you can keep momentum and go through the routine of being on the road and doing things the right way and uh, win a game that you're sort of supposed to win, but you also know that you don't have much margin for error for. Brian Christopherson, Husker 24-7. BC, we appreciate your time as always. And uh, are you headed up to East Lansing this week? Yeah, Brunson and I are heading up Friday, uh, flying up actually, and it's one of those flights that leaves at like, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> I think we got a deal, but it's like one of those 5.45 a.m. flights where you got to be at the airport at like 4.45, so um, 
I won't be much of a person at 11 a.m. Friday, <laughs> but I'll try to get, get ready by game time. So get that nap in and get ready to go for Saturday. BC, we appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, BC. That's Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7 Sports. I want to tell you about our friends over at Dingman's Collision Center. Dingman's has four great Omaha area locations. They've been in business, owned and operated uh, locally by family-run business for the last 25 years. First place Best of Omaha for 18 years running. And they give back with every single car repair Best thing about them. to the community. Make sure you go check out dingmans.com for more info. Coming up next, Kevin Suits from 1011 News in Lincoln.